One second, Zach. There, you now you're plugged in. What is happening, you two thumb undeciders? That was our new music. Uh, yeah. Written and composed by Dalton. Dalton Core, everyone. That is, if you listened yesterday, we had a, a very, um, we had the first rendition of that, which we gave him some notes. Really, the only two notes was to start strong, which I believe he did, uh, yes. and speed it up a little bit. Um, and, uh, and then also and the ending, uh, I, I, I think the ending, maybe there's one more note about the ending. I, I would have one but more I note, also, but honestly, I think the ending. I mean, that's basically it. That's basically <laughs> it, it. It's fun. I, I like the ending. It just, it, it's kind of, that it does kind of peter off at the end. <laughs> Um, it makes me laugh. I mean, I know, I not mean, on purpose. I could grow but... <laughs> to to love it. It does kind of I, feel like at the ending, he just kind of like um, kind of whittles away at the piano and just kind of. Well, it just kind of ends on like, dude. There's um. No, I I, I like ever... that. No, I'm just saying like the ending. I think just um, uh, could it could use a little bit of a touch, or it could not. Um, it depends on how many revisions. The, uh, the ending, the ending reminds me of the uh, the the Ruddles. There's a song called "Cheese and Onions" that's making fun of uh, a Beatles song, and you know how like there's the famous Beatles song that en that ends with like a long note. I forget which one is that. Day in the life. Uh, Anyways, you know you know what I'm talking about. The yeah. forever note. Yes. Well, yeah, in this yeah, yeah. Uh, "Cheese and Onions," it's life. like this. It's this huge buildup, and then it just goes. Dude, <laughs> with one note, it's got. I I felt this theme song. Oh so really? I'm, That's actually I'm, really funny. Okay. I nobody. It's a real deep cut. Well, people, kind of, if like, you don't know what the Ruddles are, it. the Ruddles was a, a mockumentary made in the eighties by the um seventy eight uh, seventy eight by the um uh uh Mighty Python people. Well, you know, um, you say we say that, but. Uh, it's only got one. I think it was yeah. produced by Lauren Michaels. What's actually. most important is the only Beatle that chose to be in it was George Harrison, um, who <laughs> is, in this uh, critic's um, opinion, um, is the best Beatle, at least post the Beatles, because he had a sense of humor about it. Um, mm. And he was okay with making fun of himself in this movie. Uh, great movie. Anyways, um, we have such a treat for you today. Um, yes. first of all, uh, I'm going to call someone who currently is in line, um, for, uh-oh. <laughs> What's happening? What? What's going on? A famous Dalton just texted technical? me. Dalton uh -oh. just texted me. Um, he just said I listened live. Um, <laughs> we love the song, hey, Dalton. I mean, I... I, I we're, we, you know, we're trying to play up for the audience. Our audience play, likes yeah, to. I, I, our like audience I, said, love, I like. Our audience. I really enjoyed it. Likes to have a little animosity. I feel like you know we're two thumbs undecided. We're never gonna be decided on any song, um, but we are fairly decided that that was a great masterpiece. Um, like I said, I think I think it's good. I, it's it goes strong. Um, it has uh, that that that. The vibe of what the penguin listens to in uh, Wallace and Gromit. Yes, that's what we were going for. 
Um, so I, I like I you know give me the figure and uh, let's uh, let's pay uh, let's pay <laughs> let's him. Pay this motherfucker. Yeah. Um, sorry. You know he's listening live. Yeah, I know he's listening with his his old. Probably a lot of old people are watching as listening as well. Um, yes, they love us the best. I wonder if our grandma loves or <laughs> loves us listens to this. No. Anyways, um, so well, we maybe. have um someone that we're gonna call who's currently waiting in line for the wait list. A waitlist line to hear a speaker at none other than Sundance, which is happening right now. Um, her name is Alexi. She has never been on the show before. She's a friend, a friend of, a soon-to-be friend of the show. Um, she insisted that she didn't want this to go that long. I said maybe five minutes, and she said five minutes is a long time. Um, <laughs> so this might only take a minute or two. Um We'll see how it goes, and we'll see if she even answers. But Zach won't be able to. Um, uh, Zach won't hear be able her. to to hear her. Um, so I, I will be playing off your face and off what you say, and I'll. We won't. We won't be able to hear you either, Zach. Ah, uh, what? Yeah. The, uh, because you there's only I'm one saying? ox. We, so I can scream, and go like, "Whoa, that's insane!" What's uh, her name? I will mimic. I will. I will mimic. Her name's Alexi. Whoa, Alexi. All right, I, all right. I'm unplugging Zach. Well, we'll be able to hear you in this mic, in my mic. Well, you're not really being plugged in, anyways. All right. Let's see what Alexi has to say. We have to think of a better way of doing. I mean, she could technically call in as well, but. I think we're already asking a lot of her for doing this, so. Alright. Hello? Oh, it's Alexi! Hey, what's up? Welcome to Two Thumbs Undecided. You're in a wait list or a wait list line right now? Yes, yes. Oh, wow. Okay, so <laughs> tell me real quick, what is the, the line that you're in and what's the general atmosphere? Currently, with the atmosphere of the line, or, yeah, or the yeah. general atmosphere of the uh, line? Okay. Either. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're in line for this um, intimacy talk, Whoa. and it's with the intimacy coordinator who worked on Normal People. Oh. Um, and then Dakota Johnson's supposed to be there as well, and then Barry Jenkins and some other people. Whoa. Um, yeah, no, I'm really incredible. excited. No, yeah, I think it's going to be so cool, and the line isn't that long. Um, so hopefully we get in, but, um, yeah, no, we're really excited. This so, is like the first talk that we've tried to get into. So I didn't, I mean, I feel like this is probably the interest, intimacy coordinate. That's like a newish position, right? Like that's, I feel like yeah, that's, well that's, yeah, that's something that like, I know normal people got a lot of praise because their sex scenes were really well done. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that like the two lead actors, said that the intimacy coordinator like really helped facilitate that mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean it's something that hollywood definitely needs mm -hmm. um and it seems like it's being talked about a lot more now so i'm really excited so what um so that's exciting uh maybe we'll talk about that at some point later in the life um what what movies have you seen that um you loved and that you recommend for people to be excited about um, I'm sorry, one second. Uh-oh. This is the shit that happens on live radio, folks. 
I think she's getting instruction. Zach can't. Yeah, I can't hear you, Zach. Well, Zach, Zach, okay, Zach is is waving his arms up and down. I think Alexi is getting instructions from. Um... <laughs> what are you saying, Zach? Okay, I don't know if Alexi is still with us. She could very well have died. I don't know what happens in Sundance. There might be avalanches. I know there's avalanches all over the place. Um, not in New York, though. All right. I might hang up on her and call her back because she's not even responding to anything I'm saying right now. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, she heard me. Wait, Zach, what are you... Um, Okay, I saw Theater Camp yesterday. Highly okay. recommend. I thought it was so fun. Theater camp. Um, I thought the editing was really cool. Um, and just the score and everything in the cast. Like, their chemistry was really good. Um, Who's in yeah, it? Yeah, it was super fun. Sorry, what'd you say? Who is it? Who's in it? Oh, uh, Molly Gordon and mm. Ben Platt. Mm. Noah Galvin. Okay. Um, yeah, Molly co-wrote it um with one of her best friends and they also co-directed it and it's their directorial debut Shit. um yeah um what's a movie you've seen that you think will get a lot of hype but uh you didn't think was that good um i don't know i haven't seen a ton of stuff so okay. right. um but yeah Okay. Theater camp, I recommend for Theater sure. Theater camp. Okay, last thing. What's the what movie are you most excited about? Hmm. Well, we actually went to an IndieWire panel yesterday um, with first-time filmmakers, and there's this um, film called Mutt coming out that actually um, our friend worked on. Oh. Um, this is a friend our friend's I know. Friend. Oh. It's Katie's friend. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm really excited to see that, and the premiere is tomorrow. Um, and my old boss actually is like helping work on it too, so I'm really excited. Exciting times. Well, I'll leave you to it then, Alexi. Thank you uh, so much for taking this call. Um, yeah, it was great talking to you. Have a good rest of uh, Sundance. All right. Thanks. Bye bye. Have fun in Brooklyn. Bye. You bastard. Okay. All right. You're back on, Zach. And that's why I'm not going to go to jail. Huh? So wait, why? What, you were posting something about Barry Jenkins. You just like, yeah, had she, times. Did she say something about Barry Jenkins? She said she um, is currently um, in line for a speaker uh, about intimacy coordinators. Um, uh, and apparently uh, 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 Barry Jenkins, which actually we should do an episode on that. Um, do you know what that is, Zach? I could only guess. Is it somebody who's like an in-between like what? you know, being intimate with people. Yeah, I guess it's this person that like will their whole job is to like kind of make people comfortable with sex scenes or intimate scenes. Oh, and it's hey. a fairly newish thing. And I didn't, I didn't really know this that much. Alexi is much more knowledgeable. I feel about things that are happening currently well, in, in, in in the stoot, like in like uh, not post production, because um, she works. Um, as a write in the writers' room and writing PAs, and she was a Whoa. PA on *Marvelous Miss Maisel*. Whoa! Um, yeah, is that how you know her? Yeah, I I threw. We're about to hear somebody else who also um is a friend of the show, Nick, 
who also has connection with Marvelous Miss Maisel. Um, a that lot of I have a lot of friends up. that had something to do with that show. Um, yes. I.e. Reese, who um, I reached out to um, to help out with this. You, and reached, he, you reached out to him? He did not respond. Um, no. And then Katie, uh, who um, uh, Alexi mentioned, um, uh, is, said that she couldn't do it. Um, but she's also in Sundance. She wouldn't um, do it. She wouldn't. She refused. Um, she said, uh, uh, uh. Did she, by the way, did Katie work on Body, Body, Bodies? Katie did not. Or was that? Okay. Uh, Katie just worked previously with the lead actress in that on um, Shiva Baby. Right. Katie was the producer of Shiva Baby um, yes. or the co-producer, or one of the main producers. Um, and uh, I forget her name, but the, the star of um, Shiva Rachel Baby. Rachel something. Rachel Chanot. Uh, not. Ra- Rachel Shiva Baby. Yep. Rachel S. Um, who was in Bodies, Body, Bodies. But I'm pretty sure Katie had nothing to do with that movie. And in fact, Katie just graduated from uh, grad school in getting a degree in therapy. Um, oh, wow. Uh, That's yeah. cool. So she's going to be doing that briefly while um, taking a step away from producing for a hot sec. And then we'll probably get back into the film biz at some point. Anyways, um, the next thing we're going to do is we have um, two recordings uh, previously recorded uh, from Nick, um, who has been on the show multiple times. Um, some would say he is the, the fourth thumb. Um, but <laughs> yeah, he uh, is also in Sundance, and he couldn't do it live because he's currently in a screening. Um, but uh, I'm going to play... Two of his recordings. One now, that he sent to me literally as soon as he landed that I think wow. is just going to be about like the general vibe of the place. And then mm-hmm. one um, about um, something else that he just sent to me. All right. Now, we have not heard these yet, so this could be insanity. Yeah, and so I'm going to plug it in. We're not going to be he- able to hear you again, Zach, but you'll be able to hear Nick. That's okay. Oh, that's cool. Okay. So Plugging it in. All right. Hello, this is Nick DeVoe on the ground at Sundance 2023, reporting for Two Thumbs Undecided unofficially. Um, I have been here for not that long. We got in yesterday around three o'clock. Um, so we've only had a small taste of what the festival is like and geographically we've only been a small park at the festival. We haven't been to Main Street where the Egyptian theater is and all the, whenever you see promotional material for like a cute downtown street for Sundance, we haven't been around there yet, but the theater is spread out along the valley that Park City fills up. Um, so far the only film I have seen is, uh, The Pod Generation directed and written by Sophie Barth. Um, it's a sci-fi dystopian i think it's kind of dystopian dystopian utopian i like sci-fi films that raise that question and this film i think definitely does that um it's kind of like a mix of her and knocked up it's um amelia clark and she would tell idiofor uh play a couple who decide to raise a baby in a service where you can have the baby in a external like pod um that is sort of made by this amazon like company um it was a great weird film um 
you know, personally for me, I found some moments were like a little kind of like cute and twee and in love with itself, but also it's such a great world they made and it's a great premise and it's a section that sci-fi hasn't really explored yet. Like, you know, caring for future generations and, you know, what is a authentic way of parenting versus what is a, you know, hands-off way of parenting. Um, the director spoke a little bit at Q&A and it was a very personal story and you can really feel it. Um, it was also just great seeing those actors and roles that are so unlike what we know them for. It was a very like whimsical vibe that just w- way different. I'm not, I haven't watched Game of Thrones, so I can't really speak for Amelia Clark, but way different than like anything I've seen uh, she would tell Ejiofor in. Um, so that was a great treat to start it all off. Um, and it definitely got me thinking about, and I hope you two talk about this in your in your Sundance, you know, uh, coverage, um, that the festival has really changed over the years. Um, you know, Sundance really started as a festival where people who were nobodies could submit their films and become somebodies. And I used to feel very pessimistic about how the festival has changed. Like when I was in college, I remember looking through, which is 2015, um, looking through and seeing films that were getting talked about and praised. And, you know, there's often always a celebrity attached or, you know, you look into who's producing it and you're like, okay, so this isn't nobody's who's making this. This is someone who has some kind of connection. And I used to see that as like a sort of, you know, um, a bad sign for independent film. But, you know, this year I'm looking at it a little more positively. And it's, I think when you look at the landscape of film and TV lately, it's hard to make weird stuff. It's so hard to make weird stuff, especially weird stuff that needs money. Like this world that they were able to make in a pod generation was so fully realized. Um, And, you know, Amelia Clark produced it. Um, The fact that she and she would tell were even in it, I think gives the film financing, you know, and, we, we, we need that, I think, for independent film um, to make things that really go above and beyond and really go out there, which this film definitely did. Um, so it's a mixed bag. Um, you know, I would love to see more institutions and festivals that can really raise up like nobodies. But it's a really difficult time for the industry to do that. Um, I mean, you can look at like the disappearance of the mid-range budget film as a really good example of the kind of thing I'm talking about. Um, even when you look at what an independent film qualifies as, I mean, the only real metric you can have, I think, is like what the Independent Spirit Awards calls an independent film, which I think is 23 to 25 million, somewhere in that range. Um, anything under that qualifies as an independent film. That's still a lot of money. You know, those aren't movies that nobody can make. Um, so I don't know what the budget on this particular film was. And I also don't know if Sundance has a budget cap for submissions. Um, you two should look into that to figure out, um, you know, what the festival is like now. Is there a budget qualification you need? Um, do they have special awards for like films made under a million or something like that? Um, you know, where can nobodies really shine at Sundance? Um, but I don't know, it raised a lot of interesting questions and really got me thinking about, um, I don't know, just the state of independent film, which I suppose is what this festival is here for. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see if I have any other thoughts right away. I mean, one really cool thing is that, again, I've only, you know, geographically been in a small area of the festival. Um, but it is really cool how just like you, you know, everyone you're wandering around has something to do with something interesting. Um, you know, if a film is here, it's interesting. It's not going to be a boring whatever. Um, or so I would think. We'll see after I watch a couple more movies and I'll get back to you. But um 
you know, like uh, we were just kind of chilling in the lobby, chatting up with people who were waiting for um, hotel stuff to clear. And they talked about a project they worked on called The Tuba Thieves. That sounded really interesting. It's a mix of documentary fiction, dramatization, all kind of mixed up, it sounds. And it's about a theft of a string of tuba thefts that happened in L.A. because the music schools are so underfunded. Something like that. I didn't quite get everything. But it sounded awesome. And I don't know. It was great that you can just find that. I think it just ended. One sec. I'm just going to check real quick that, that he just his thing just ended. At any kind of festival. This yeah, is my wait, first time sec. being at like a legitimate, really cool festival. Um, so to me, it's, you know, pretty neat. Um, I think that's all I have for now. Wait one sec. This isn't I'm I'm talking live, Zach. Uh, all right. I think my phone just shut off. But it sounded awesome. And OK, OK. That, I think that was basically it. All right. Plugging you back in, Zach. OK. Uh, hello. So uh, that um, yeah. was. Th- thank you very much. Yes. Feels like he gave us a lot of homework. <laughs> uh, you mean homework? As it? No, I, he was giving us good, uh, good on the ground coverage. I really quickly looked up. Um, is there a budget? Um, I don't think there is a like a budget that you need to have. Um, is there a budget? Right. Well, I'm I looking. I'm looking that. up the um the budget rules and regulations for States government. Okay, the rules and regulations for submitting to the 2013 Sundance. All I'm really seeing is 50 percent or more of the project's financing originated from sources within the United States. The project may only be submitted. Okay, and then okay, so that's just like uh, international versus not international. I mean, the fee is like $70 or something like that. I'm not seeing a budget yeah. cap. Or, um, now, it did sound like uh, the one thing that I was like, oh, yeah, we should do is we, we weren't really going to do a Sundance coverage. Yeah, we um, weren't really. We could. I mean, we didn't have anything on it. We've done it in the past. And I mean, I frankly, I always feel that. Um, uh, these these I mean, fe- these festivals, I feel like these festivals are like talked about so much whenever they're happening um, yes. that I I don't like to do things that kind of just just uh, kind of is like chasing after news, you know, which I feel like a lot of publications do. Um, yeah, but, but it is also our, we are film people, so we should we are also kind of cover that. Uh, and once we start making money from this, which this is the year that we become successful. Wow. Uh, that That is my mark. Um, okay. I said of, that in 2019, I'm pretty sure. Or I, well, I think I said pan- that. And then the pandemic I think I happened. did say that in 2020. Yeah. Anyways. I'm surprised. I, uh, yes. I'm just um, saying. Anyways. Oh, Zach looked at the door like something happened. Um, not at my door but, Sundance, um, he's right, Sundance there is a lot of history there, I think we should maybe next week do an episode on Sundance and kind of history of Sundance um, I I'll know reach out to Kevin Smith that was interesting how he said um, you know the you know the world of uh, indie films have changed significantly where you know we can't always just be sad like oh I can't make a movie on ten thousand dollars anymore i have to have all this money and like stars attached and stuff but like now it's kind of just like getting these weird obscure movies still that have like stars attached and stuff it's really the only way 
to get them distributed and seen is to be going through these film festivals. So um, unfortunately, it's you still have to have kind of a lot of money and stars attached. Um, I think yeah. more so stars attached than money. But um, you um, know what movie I have been pushing? I haven't even seen it yet, but uh, The People's Joker by uh, uh, Vera Drew. Uh, I'm I'm trying to get them on on our show because they're not really big. Yeah. Uh, I think I think next week have you emailed them yet? I have. Oh, wow. uh, well, I have not emailed. Oh. I have messaged to Twitter, which Oh, that doesn't count. But no, it does, reach out on... via IMDb Pro, get their agent's name and email them. Okay. Okay. Anyways, that's that's this is the conversations we have behind the scenes. This um, is the only time we really talk, so we got to <laughs> talk business on air. Sorry. Yeah. Anyways, now, uh I do have film news. Okay, you have film news. I know we have a subject, uh, but uh, I wanted to do some film news, and it is on Sundance, and um, it is about a certain uh, Mr. Kang, or upcoming Kang, uh, a.k.a. Jonathan Majors. I can't name you another movie he's in, but um, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Majors, do you know anything about him? No. He is... I wouldn't say up and coming, but he has been hitting it big uh, recently. He is villain Kang, not Jonathan Kang, Jonathan Majors. I'm looking up him. Uh, he is Kang in um, the the Marvel movie, the upcoming Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. And just from a comic book standpoint, Sam Kang is is a huge villain. Mm. He's He's gonna be the next Thanos, and he's he can do more than that. He's a time traveler guy, and it's all so he he's gonna be the next big bad. Yeah. So his face is gonna be all over the place. But he was in Lovecraft Country, which yeah. is where I discovered him. Um, and he's gonna be in Creed three as the villain, I guess. Um, I don't know maybe who he's gonna be. Uh, Damien and anyways Anderson. But anywho, uh, he was in a Sundance movie uh, that uh, got a standing ovation called Magazine Dreams. And listen to this synopsis. A black amateur bodybuilder struggles to find human connections in this uh, exploration of celebrity and violence. And then the photo is a super ripped Jonathan majors he's a very hunky man he's a good looking fellow hmm. uh, but this uh photo does him judge justice um and yeah and maybe some posters that people can print off of him and put him up in their college dorms perhaps uh, i feel like college kids need new posters like you got the fight club you got pulp fiction you know, they didn't stop making movies in the 90s, people, mm. okay? So, or Animal House, I I'm had an Animal House poster. What, I think maybe we were just, um, well, there was a lot of animal. I do wonder, like, what posters kids have up now. I had uh, Inf- Nymphomaniac up, and what? it was, um, they had promotional, uh, seven promotional photo uh, things for Nymphomaniac. Really? And it was, yeah, it was like seven naked or... Uh, above the, the 
you know, the private area of each of the actors mm. and then making like basically an orgasm face. Yeah. Uh, but I got Skarsgård. Skarsgård is in it. Not his son, but like the original from Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. Uh, and I still have it, but <laughs> I didn't, I guess I didn't post it up too long. Um, but I should, I should uh, take a picture of it. It's really, it's really a funny. I remember, <laughs> I remember mom um, judged you so hard for watching that movie for some reason. There, and didn't you have to like, watch it for a class? Yes, I did. And I she was, was just like, was Zach's over there it. watching porn. Exactly. Um, and she, it was her very slight way of like joking, but also being like, yeah, this is porn. Yeah. And was it the most disgusting movie I've ever seen? <sighs> Or like sexual wise, maybe. I mean, there's a lot of sex, mm. but um, I mean, well, I mean, it's it, life. this is this is where we come from in the sense of like, what is porn and what is art? Yeah, and uh, we could revisit that, you know, now that we're older and have seen more films and more porn, <laughs> more porn, um, more movies. All so, right. um, yes, there was a standing ovation. Jonathan Majors is the new hot thing, and uh, he seems like a nice guy. So all the best to him. Uh, and, don't say uh, that. going to get me, me too, like all the rest. <laughs> oh, is it, are, are you saying me too is, is bad? Is that? No, I'm, I'm that... saying that he, we're going to find out that he did something wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Did I? Um, I yeah. Last uh, last time we did two thumbs under set it, I told you that like basically like a lot of people got yeah um, canceled not me not me too like they yeah, got can, canceled. Or, or they yeah they got revealed that they were all weirdos yeah. all right well uh anything else uh news wise um not i mean there probably is news but um it's all about avatar that's okay that's i don't the care sad, that's the sad part i look up film news and there's six articles first articles are always about the same thing. It's, it's always about, about like what budget, like who's passing what budget, or I mean not budget. It's all about like gross, like who's making the most uh, box office money, which I guess in in some regards is great because it's like okay, movies are quote back, you know, whatever. But now, actually, here's some news on you. <laughs> so uh -oh. get ready to be blasted. <laughs> you actually came back to Twitter because of film news. Uh, that's not true. Yeah, it's what you told me. Well, I maybe I did. I what what really happened is is I was at a party uh, or a gathering Ooh. of a bunch of people, and huh? um, there is a fairly unanimous uh, consensus amongst a lot of the people, including Nick and Alexi being there, um, <laughs> who I respect their opinion on things, um, <laughs> and they seem to say that uh, Twitter was their favorite social media. Um, that's that's the same thing with me, and I that's what. I'm saying is as long as you just it it's like being in the safe zone in the apocalypse. Okay, you can be safe. Just don't go outside the walls. There are horrible, nasty people in Twitter in the Twitterverse. Mm. Uh, you just need to now. Of course, you can. You know, you got to have a, a large bubble. Um, but there are just some very dismal, sad, disgusting people on Twitter. But uh, as long as you stay within, you know. Just news wise, yeah. <laughs> right news, by the way, not crazy news. There's this new thing, and I'll make this quick. There's this new thing on Twitter where, um, like th these people will show videos of themselves 
of how they're affected by Pfizer. the vaccine. Yeah. But it's the funniest thing because they're they're just they're twitching like uncontrollably, but they're holding the phone like perfectly still. Yeah. Or like when they're petting their dog, it's like really like it's horrible acting, but it's just the funniest thing. So now people are posting like like this is what happened to me when I took the Pfizer and it's um um curly doing the whoop 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 <laughs> on the ground. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. Is that your okay. film news? No, no, no. Okay, film news. So this is another thing when I look up things on film news, and it's not really film news, but this is from cartoonbrew.com. Um, uh, it, nice moment with Critics' Choice Awards uh, where um, uh, Brendan Fraser gets congratulated by Henry Selick, which is the director of Wendell and Wilde. Oh, interesting. I mean, he's well, getting I mean, that, celebrated by everyone. Well, he was celebrated by this man in particular because uh, Frazier uh, was in a movie of Selick's, his first mm -hmm. live-action movie hmm. um yeah Good for him. i watched Rail whale recently um oh how was it yeah i saw well we'll, we'll we'll get to that we'll get to that um there also nick sent us another um recording uh which we might Ooh. get to afterwards um but we do have a critic today that we were going to go over yes i don't really know as i was doing research for him he's not your contemporary he's not your um ordinary kind of critic he never really wrote for a newspaper from what i can tell no, he didn't he didn't write for a publication um and he's more of a film historian i mean he's <laughs> he has written a huge book and has given his opinion so he is a critic but i almost uh, feel i feel like he is more of a just a film lover yeah but Oh, so we are talking today about Leonard Moulton, the nineteen, the seventy-two-year-old film critic mm. uh, uh, from somewhere. <laughs> Hold on, New Jersey. <laughs> wow, from New Jersey, Teaneck, New Jersey. Um, and he is a film lover. He has been doing this since he was fifteen. Yeah, uh, he is somewhat somebody we should emulate. He was doing ground, like independent publishing, uh, before any of us. I guess it says Way here before. he started. His... I mean, yeah. he started doing it uh, in sixty uh, sixty five. Sixty five. That was like when he was he was born in nineteen fifty, uh, and so he was fifteen years old um, when yes. he started doing that. Um, it was just like yeah, it was just this normal kind of publication um, called. Uh, what was it called? It was called Classic Images. Classic but it says images. here writing. It says here he was writing for Classic Images and editing and publishing his own. Oh no, his thing was called Film Fan Monthly, that I guess was uh, printed in Classic Images. Yes, but basically, ever it? since 1969, when he started doing um, this thing called TV movies, basically he would just do a list of all of the movies that were on currently on tv not made for movie tvs but movies that were on t like that were playing on tv and um, it would more so do summaries now the thing that he's most famous sorry for interrupting you how dare you uh, uh, but i'm g gliding uh india yeah but um 
is he he would write a book series where it was like a huge book a a big book of movies and it's leonard's malton's movie guide and it would just tell you all the movies basically ever and this was before the internet so you're like hey i wonder what fly two is about you would pick up his book and you would see a summary and go oh that seems cool yeah um so it was it was important he would rate the things though he would rate it on a scale um from one to four i believe um the lowest being bomb uh and then it would go to one and a half stars um which i guess there's an exception for Naked Gun 33 and one third, in which he gave two and one two and one third stars out of four, uh, which is see that's funny, pretty I've high. Heard, I've, yeah, I've heard that he's um he's also a fun guy. Uh, he's been in a few movies actually, uh-huh. and according to this, uh, which is Wikipedia, he was in a South Park episode, which they don't really let anybody on uh, those earlier episodes of South Park. They've they had guests on, mm-hmm. um, but um, he was also the thing I remember him. I recently uh, watched Gremlins two, and he was on that. He was. Uh, it's actually kind of cool. In Gremlins two, he is Leonard Maltzen, and he's doing a review show, and he's reviewing uh, how much he hates Gremlins, mm. and then he gets attacked by Gremlins. Interesting. Uh, so yeah. I think he's he's interesting because he's not, you know, like I think all the other critics we have talked about since he really had no editor ever. Um, he was just purely um, just made a book and just yeah. kind of just was so meticulous about it was so like not meticulous, but expansive. Like he, the fact that he did a book on every single or he did a book on every single movie that was on TV at the time. Um, kind of, there wasn't really anything else. Yeah, there wasn't anything like it. I remember, so like when you told me that we were, that you wanted to do this episode, um, earlier today or yesterday, um, I was traveling this weekend, so I didn't, uh, I didn't do too much. I didn't have too much time to prepare, but, um, I got you covered, baby. Thanks. But you also got, you, you got a lot of clips and such, so you yeah. did your, your, anyways, he, um, Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, I remember when you told me about him, um, and I was like, oh, who, who is this bozo that you just brought up? And I looked up his image, and I was like, oh, this guy. Honestly, that this was my first. Dweeb. Well, I and always thought, the... I don't know why, but, like, I, I, we have the, his books lying around. I think, like, 2013 or 2000, or maybe even, I like, grew... 2008 or seven. one of his things. And I remember, like, I tried to read them, and I remember just thinking that this is so boring. And, like, why am I trusting this this dude? Like, th- wh- what does this guy have to say? Wait, he just looks like, <laughs> he looks like a nerd. He looks like a nerd. Because he has glasses. Yeah, because he has glasses. I, and then I, I don't look wear up, glasses anymore. I'm not saying you're a nerd. Because you don't wear it. glasses. Not anymore. Yeah, okay. Context. Well, I hate to say it. You used to look like a nerd. After I ended this, I would actually give myself a little bit of a wedgie <laughs> until I saw the whites of my underwear, <laughs> which is very hard because it's... I don't know. Wrong. It was more so as like, what's this old... I think even at a at certain age, I was like, what this, what's this old white dude who's smiling at me have to say about 
you know, taxi driver, you know? I'm like... Well, do you want to know what he said about taxi driver? Yeah, what did he say about taxi driver? Well, I'll tell you what he said about taxi driver. I feel uh, like it always comes back to taxi driver. Then, you know what? I'm not going to talk about All taxi right, what driver. All right, what does this guy have to say about... Um, this white old man, what he has to say about me. Like pot, or what does he have to say about... about um, pot? No, not pot. What does he have he to say did... about... Yeah, what, okay, just tell me. From 100 must-see films of the 20th century, which came out in 2000. Okay. <laughs> uh, movie. So he's reviewing the last 100 years. Um, hold on, hold on. Uh, let's talk about Mean Streets. You want to hear what he says about Mean Streets? Yeah, what Or do you want to hear about Annie Hall? Uh, I mean, both are kind of bogus, like, you know. Bogus? Not bogus, but both are pretty. Give me a take on something like a, a weird movie. Okay. <laughs> um, Wait, do you have the book in uh, front of you? I have an excerpt. Oh. Um, let's see. Weird film. He's not really t giving me anything weird. Yeah. I'm, tr I'm trying to think. If because, you can't find you know, anything, just tell me. I, I, I can tell truth. you what, uh, the one that's like not like probably the least famous. Now, these are all famous movies, but the one I would consider like not a lot of people have, have watched, but Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Okay. What does he say about that? Roll Ickling, roll, roll Ickling, roll Ickling, roll <laughs> You're seriously, I mean, you have dyslexia, but. Don't talk about you that. Ha, okay. I'm just watching a lot of Always Sunny right now, and it's just, roll it reminds me of Charlie Day. Where roll, he's just well, like, there, no, it's, it's R-O-L-L. -L. That would be R-A, rollicking. This is rollicking. So, but it. It makes sense that it would be rollicking. <laughs> okay, it's rollicking musical. Um, rollicking musical perfectly integrates song, dance, and story. Keel's uh, decision to get himself a wife, played by Powell, inspires his rowdy brothers to follow suit. Tuneful Johnny Mercer, Gene DePaul score with Oscar-winning musical direction by uh, Adolf uh, Duchiel du and Saul Chaplin, but it's Michael Kidd's energetic dance numbers that really stand out, with rare screen work by dancers Jacques de, de Ambos and Mac Platt. The barn-raising sequence is an absolute knockout. Screenplay by Albert Hackett, Francis Goodrich, and Dorothy Kingsley from a Stephen Vincent Bennett story. Yeah. See... His reviews aren't really reviews. It's kind of just like... You want to hear a review he, of his? Uh, I have it. Okay, give me a review of his. Uh, his review of the 1948 movie, Isn't It Romantic? Oh, yeah. Directed by Norman Z. McLeod or Lund. Uh, his review for that is no. Yeah, which won the Guinness World uh, <laughs> Record for the shortest review ever. That is literally the review. It's 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 even shorter than the review for a Spinal Tap's record, uh, Shark Sandwich, uh, Shit Sandwich, <laughs> which was the review. Um, this is just no. So. <laughs> that is pretty I like funny. It. I mean, he's a fun. I think he's a funny guy. The thing that I I I. Why I wouldn't I wouldn't even really place him in the same. He's first off, he's a caricature. He's a caricature like he's just so happy to be. He's just he loves film. I mean, I he's guess like, there's two ways of looking at it. Maybe this is the cynical New Yorker in me, where I'm just kind of like, why is this guy so happy? 
But um, he's from New York University. He oh, yeah, he, he's from New York University. Well, I guess he is. Actually, he was born in New York. Sorry. Yeah, I but don't then know he moved to L.A. But he loves L.A. Well, that's the thing is all the happy people move to L.A. And all the cynics like myself stay in New York City, baby. Mm, and who goes to Pittsburgh? Steelworkers. Ow. Maniacs. Steelworkers and maniacs. Also, Maniac. really quickly, um, he because we have about... 15 minutes left um yes. to kind of wrap up on a little bit of the end of his uh towards the end of uh, he's still alive he is still alive he's he still, still alive, alive. Well. He's 72 he's um not much like, like our last um david crosby our last bing crosby no david crosby okay oh yeah he died At um uh younger than the queen yes she made uh, it a long time she made it a very long time um but he, uh, much like Pauline Kael, um, has Parkinson's. Well, Pauline Kael had Parkinson's. Um, but it's kind of interesting to film critics um, have Parkinson's, I guess. Um, but he has Parkinson's. He's had it for four years now. Um, Doesn't... Um, yes. yes. Well, that is a very horrible disease. Yes. Um, and we hope the best for him and his family and yeah. for all those who have Parkinson's. Yeah. Because um, it affects the nervous system. Yes. Um, and it's not fun. Yeah. But he Michael has Parkinson's. Fox yeah. has been fighting it for years. Yes. Um, he, so that's, that's, I mean, his, his medical issues. Um, he stopped uh, producing this book, the, um, which changed its name uh, several times um, to finally be Leonard uh, Moulton's movie guide. Um, and uh, the last issue came out in 19... Uh, or sorry, uh, 2015. Um, or sorry, it came out in t uh, 2014, but it was about 2015. I forget which one. Um... I'm pretty sure. Wait, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me look this up real quick. Um, it ended da, 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 2014. Uh, the last one um, announced. Yeah, yeah, the 2015 edition to be published in September of 2014 will be the last. Um, they also tried to they tried to update it um, by making an app um, that was released in 2009, but I guess the Penguin uh, Group. Um, Decided to take it down for some reason. Yes, the Pittsburgh uh, Penguin Group. Yes, the Pittsburgh Penguin who like owned it. the app for this uh, movie. Um, they needed money. So basically everything kind of uh, fell apart. Um, like it was losing money um, and they couldn't find a way to transition um, his uh, books to, um, uh, to, to online. Um, he, does, it out. he does have a website, which I'm looking up. Um, or I've, I've looked into. It's kind of interesting. It's really just a website of just uh, Leonard Maltin's stuff. Um, and the Very tabs... Busy. Yeah. The tabs are kind of interesting because there's a tab for order confirmation and then a tab for order failed. I don't know why <laughs> those are tabs that you can just click. It's it's almost like they just... <laughs> whoever coded this thing just like didn't know how to like have that be a pop-up if it failed. It, yes. Like, you can go to the page, what it looks like if your order failed. Um, Do you want a t-shirt, by the way, Sam? Oh, from them? Yes, it's him and some woman 
who I would assume is either his assistant or maybe his wife. Maybe. Uh, no, actually, that's his. Um, that's his daughter. Um, yeah, because his oh. daughter, uh, and I was listening to this on the way in, his daughter and he, um, have a podcast, um, that they do, uh, called Malt- Malton on Movies. Um, and I was listening to one in which they had Mel Brooks on. Um, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, they have, they have guests come on. I mean, he's a well-loved movie person. Um, most recently, um, they had, do most recently, they had last Friday. They had Zach Gilford on. Um, uh, he's got a new horror movie now playing on digital and VOD called "What's Wrong with the Kids." Um, I don't really know what's going on with that. Um, so this is who we're trying to take over, get his clientele. Yes. Um, attack. <laughs> um, or make love. Yeah. In a in a business sort of way. Yeah. I'll do I'll do either at this point in, in this run of two thumbs on decided. I'll make love with another podcast or I will destroy. <laughs> then again, what's no wait, I don't want to make that joke. What's the difference? What's the difference? I mean You know what I, book I just I don't finished? even know what that uh, uh what? The Bible? Yep. Finished it. No, the um, Bible uh the Bell books? The Bell Jar. The Bell Jar wait. Why That's that Sylvia sound? Plath. It's a very depressing book about a young lady who slowly loses her mind in the early 1960s. Um, people and Sylvia Plath. Lose their mind. Uh, Sylvia Plath is most famous for putting her head in an oven and killing herself. Oh. Um. Soon after this book came out. Oh. Um, so yeah, it was no, very. That's... It honestly put me in a very strange headspace because it's it's very much that's like. A lot of girls read in like high school, I feel. Um, yes. And little old me is reading this at the ripe old age of 26. Um, yes. Yeah, but um, I don't know Would why I brought it? this up. Oh, there's a there's a part about uh, sex. Um, yes, I would recommend is it, it. Is it a good? Is it good? Like <laughs> I had sex. Nope. Ah, oh, I love it. No, not. Uh oh. Not a good thing, really. Um, Unnecessarily not- a bad thing though um did the person not know how to do good sex with her oh god okay let's get off <laughs> i don't know i i don't know the content i'm just all right um it's it's an interesting book i'm sure most people have heard of it though um and Call in. Um, tell us about yeah. what you think about the um so anyways uh that's what do you have anything else to say about the guy he also so he has this podcast he does with his kid he also has um, a not film. a goat. He also he's has like doing a... it with a goat. He's doing it with his kid, his what? his child. Yeah. Um. He also has a production company. Ah! I think. What What doesn't this guy have? His I don't know. He has his name, pie. but he has it's like just his name. It's like something films or something. I don't know. Um. He's just uh. He's just ha- He's like just a very lucky film buff who like kind of made this very unique thing in the 60s and then it and then it kind of took off he in Um, a way actually has a great job where he's really known for summarizing and nobody dislikes people who summarize their movie yeah i mean (laughs) unless you're just like you summarized it wrong yeah yeah. finding nemo is not about some dad finding his kid it's actually a metaphor for the 2008 Financial crisis, which actually I don't think Finding Nemo came out. When did? 
He anyway. also, lastly, uh, he also was the film reviewer on the oh. uh, syndicated television series Entertainment Tonight for 30 oh. years, starting in 1982. Um, and uh, I was reading a review or an interview with him um, coming in today, and uh, he's just an extremely positive guy. Like, the, the interviewee was trying to, like, coax him to say something, because he just came out with a memoir recently. And the interviewer was trying to coax him to say something um, like kind of negative about anyone, really. Um, Mm -hmm. And he essentially said, like, uh, he said that, uh, uh, like, I have, you know, I have nothing really to to say. I did have some tough times at Entertainment Tonight, but that was over like 30 years. But I I don't feel like, you know, being negative because like being positive, you know, you want to spread that. Right, he was. He was probably. He probably said something like, "I'm not a, a coax addict like you are. Um, I, uh, I will not do your coaxing." Oh, will, okay. <laughs> I will be coax free. New coax. Yeah. Anyway, tell us real. So that was Leonard Malton. We grew up with him. He's cool. He's fun. Uh, I don't know. Get his book now. All tell right. us quickly about the whale. Spoil well, should I do that because- or should I play the last thing that Nick did? Mm, how long is next thing next thing is maybe save it 13 minutes let's put it on send it to me and i'll put it on twitter okay fine um anyways uh so the the whale the whale this is my thoughts on the whale you haven't seen it no and i honestly don't really i probably i don't care it was a very interesting movie i definitely recommend it i think brendan fraser um, did a very good job. Um, great job, even. I think it definitely put him in a light. I get why he's getting so much attention. I would say the movie itself is interesting because it's very definitely a play. Like, it was based off of a play. It's all set in one room. Yes. I do think there's some moments that are a little bit cliche and I think come off more cliche in a movie than it does. It would, it would for a play. Um, like, I don't want to. There, there's just a few cliche moments that seem a bit too on the nose. Um, is is there a point where his daughter walks in and she goes, "This certainly is the strangest thing I've ever seen," <laughs> or "I've seen Stranger Things." Wait, why would she say that? She's oh, she's from Stranger Things. things. <laughs> oh, I was wondering where I've seen her before. You're like, ah, it's strange, but I know she's in a thing I've seen. <laughs> I've actually, um, I think I've only seen one episode of Stranger Things. People, people tell <laughs> me to watch four. things. People have been telling me to watch White Lotus for so long. And uh, I just I, finished it. I just keep saying, I, I keep, I'm keep acting like Rorschach in the classic uh, Watchmen. Uh, Watchmen, where people ask him to save him, and he says, no. No, like Leonard Moulton. And isn't it romantic? Oh, and like Leonard, I, I pull a Leonard Moulton and I say no. <laughs> People ask me to save them, but I quote Leonard Moulton's <laughs> review on the 1948 movie, Isn't It Romantic? Review. No. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I wish we didn't have three more minutes left. That was a good one to end on. Yeah, so but, the whale, um, I would say, yeah. but I did like, I, I thought it was very interesting, the characters in it. None of them were really – they all were very ambiguous. You never really knew what 
you couldn't you couldn't make up in your brain a reason why every single one of them was motivated, but it was never really entirely clear what the motivation was behind everyone just because like the movie kind of takes place uh well I, I'm trying the movie it, it's a very specific uh point in time in which a lot of these characters are either just meeting Brendan Fraser for the first time or have known him for a very long time um and I kept on thinking like something bad is going to happen um but n- there is nothing like overly melodramatic there are just some scenes and some lines in it that I think are a little bit that play in theater but doesn't necessarily play in a movie and that's all I'm going to say uh, but I, I, I would really recommend it. The, the girl that I was sitting next to in the theaters was crying. Was she crying? Her, 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 Did her, she not have enough popcorn? Yeah, she was crying because she ran out of popcorn. <laughs> and then I offered her my popcorn, but then I realized oh, that my, my bag was also empty. And so it was and just adding can't. salt to it because it was, it, was, uh, it was just the salt at the bottom. And she like put her hand like, in it. Ow! She's like, ow, my eye! And she was like, <laughs> yeah. she covered herself in salt. Um, <laughs> like, oh, thank you so much. Ow, my wounds. Yeah, she had oh, covered in wounds. Yeah, um, um, well, that's good to know. Uh, so watch the whale. Um, I recommend season two of the uh, White Lotus. Uh, and I am quoting uh Leonard uh, Malton again. No. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, that didn't play no. as well for this one, but um. Yeah, you know, anded me, but you, you, but in a, it's funny, you know, anded me, but you did do a good improv thing of doing a callback. So, mm. well, anyways, stay tuned. Uh, the next um, show after us is called uh, "Love Letter" by Claire Campbell. Um, they're not. In the, love letter. They're not in the studio right now, but um, I'm sure they will be. But tune in next week.